Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast with Ray Rout. My name is Ray Rout, and this is my podcast. Make sure you head on over to DeanBlundell.com. We are members of that podcast network over there. You can find all of our content, my content, what I write, what I do. Uh, you can also find all the other creators over at DeanBlundell.com. Check out my website, RayRoute.com. Stay up to date with everything that I'm doing over there. Check out our merch store. Get yourself a hoodie, a t-shirt, a Mac Eppin Jones t-shirt. But we use the full word. Go check it over there, RayRoute.com, R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com. Go and download the Halftime app. It's like a mixture of Reddit and Twitter for sports fans without the toxicity. If you're looking for a place to go have a real sports conversation, I know we pitch our Discord uh, channel or whatever all the time, but it's very toxic over there. Head on over to the Halftime app. They weigh out the toxic. And make sure you go download the Newsbreak app or go to newsbreak.com. Look up Ray Route. Find all of the uh, content I'm doing over there. Micro content, they call it. And uh, go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash DPN Sports. And uh, you'll get for five bucks a month, you get your questions and answers, your questions and comments answered on every podcast. You get the live video version, the live video version. At 8.30-ish p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Thursday for the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Plus, almost every Friday night, not this Friday, but most Fridays, we do the Patreon Hangout. You also get other perks like being a part of the uh, Patreon Fantasy Draft. We're also going to be hosting our uh, draft party in December, and uh, or not December, in two weeks, April 28th. And uh, the Patreon members will be invited to come hang out, watch the draft with us, and... Uh, <clears throat> Just enjoy it. Uh, so, here's what we're going to talk about tonight. Fantasy football has given uh, a lot of fantasy owners degrees in sports injuries. And uh, when you're trying to decide who to select in the first round, how much weight does a guy's injury history have on that decision? Uh, we are just a couple of weeks away from the NFL draft. And unlike most years, there doesn't seem to be a lot of buzz around the quarterbacks in this year's draft outside of long shots um, and, or sorry, yeah, outside of uh, uh, long shots and outside of hand measurements. This has clearly been a two dog fight between Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. Which one of those will be selected first? Let's go plain and simple. New England Patriots, Damian Harris could be the most underrated running back in the NFL. And listen, it just seems obvious, at least to me, that the Buffalo Bills are going to successfully defend their AFC East crown. However, Miami Dolphins have made some offensive moves uh, to complement their underrated defense, and they could become a little bit of a pain in the ass for the Buffalo Bills. 
And uh, when do you draft a tight end in your fantasy pool, right? That's probably the most complicated fantasy football question out there. What type of league are you in? Do you have a super flex position where you can flex a couple of tight ends? Are you in a PPR? That is a point per reception league or non-PPR league. All of those things need to be taken into consideration before you start selecting a tight end. And that's what we're going to be talking about today on the Dear Pat Nation podcast. With that being said, let's bring in our boy, the co-host, the producer, the man, the man who makes nothing to be here, producer Mike. What's up? What's going down, son? Great introduction. I'm glad to make nothing to be here. You're always looking for the for the ducats. Always want more zeros from me. That's all I ever hear. Always. Oh. Every every week, guys. When he does yeah. add a number in front of those zeros, Elon Musk better watch out. I'm the one who's going to be buying Twitter. Crazy, eh? I know it's not. Dude, imagine now. having that kind of money that you can just have a temper tantrum. Oh yeah, you're not going to let me on your board. Here's how much I'm going to pay you for it. Yeah. It's going to be uh, interesting to see if he follows through with it, too. Oh, I think I think it's absolutely amazing, though. I love it. Oh, I think it's awesome. Oh, I think he's going to follow through, dude. This this dude just offered like $43 million or billion. $43 billion, billion dollars yeah. for Twitter. Yeah, I love it. I would have sold it. I would have sold it like in five minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like Wash your those... hands of that cesspool and just see you later. Oh, we're gonna think about it. What what the fuck are you thinking about? I don't know. Go you like in in the guy who's the guy that owns the majority of it? The guy that founded it. Either way, like dude, go live on an care. island. Like stop policing a cesspool. Like go buy a real pool. Yeah, I'm sure he. I'm sure he has a real pool. Yeah, it's gotten it's gotten very political though. Yes, yes, it's it gotten has. very Trump talk. Ugh, everything does. Everything falls back on politics, unfortunately, in today's society. All right. So today we're going to be talking about who you're voting for. That no, was a quick um, shift. Yes. <laughs> who are you voting for? <laughs> uh, listen, Dalvin Cook, Minnesota Vikings running back, uh, in my opinion, could be the best running back in the NFL. Could be the next Adrian Peterson happening to still play with the Minnesota Vikings. Could be the most electric dominating player in the league. However, he can never play an entire season. No. Now, what did surprise me is, Michael, mm-hmm. I'll put this off the hop. Outside of his rookie season in 2017, yep. he's not missed the significant amount of games that I thought he had. He still missed a lot, but I was just looking at his stats, and I was a little bit like, oh, okay. But before mm-hmm. I give you those numbers... Dalvin Cook is the fourth-rated fantasy player, not fourth-rated running back, fourth-rated fantasy player, so overall, which means if you had the fourth overall pick, the book says you should be drafting Dalvin Cook. Okay. Fair enough. Would you take him? No, not at fourth overall, I wouldn't. I think we've outlined over the last two days, there's there's some other people, there's some other running backs I would probably take some, I don't want to say less injury prone, but because I think, and I think it has to do with how many carries he gets there, you know, and some other, other things probably behind that offensive line that's not the best, probably has to do with some of the reason that he gets hurt. I would probably look more towards, uh, you know, some of the people that we've talked about, the Colts, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, at, Jonathan Taylor. Sorry. Uh, that's what I meant. I would look at Derek Henry. Just I take the look, whole team. I'm just going to take the yeah, whole team. I'm just team. taking the Colts. That, that's, that's to atone last night. Colts fans for crapping on you. Sorry. Um, 
yeah sorry who uh, oh i would even t- look at taking and i'm not gonna actually i'll save this but not fourth overall um there's some other running backs that i think might have just as much value this year i don't know if i would take them at fourth but probably not looking at dalvin cook i'll be, I'll be honest with you there's some pass catching backs that i'd be looking at and uh we might we might talk about it later and you know you brought it up I'll, like i keep saying i like to steal tight ends early and often so um what are you holding back? Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to wait? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Like you're sitting there. You're like, no, I wouldn't take him. There's other options. Like I would, Oh no, I'm going to hold back on that. Like as if we're some like suspense show that we're just going to tease it for weeks. All right. Mike, so, Mike's holding back, but we're not going to tell you until September. Yeah. We're Find not out in September. That, Mike's this, holding is for, back. this is for my fantasy draft. I'm not telling you guys. No, listen, I was going to say even Devonta Foreman, like he looked as impressive to me as derrick henry last year i'm not but again the more i thought about it at four i'm not taking him because derrick henry is still going to get that amount of carries on that team to be the guy so i don't think i i i would obviously take dalvin cook before i took a number two running back on a team so do you want me to list you the quarterbacks ahead of Devontae foreman the you mean the the running backs? The running backs? I mean, yeah. so, so I'll, 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 no, I'll no, 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 no. All right, all right. You want to list them? Because I was going. All right. Because go it's ahead. not that it's not that much. Okay, fair enough. It's a lot. It's a lot less than you think. You okay. Ready? Yep. Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, Javante Williams, Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette, James Connor. Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, J.K. Dobbins, Elijah Mitchell, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, A.J. Dillon, Clyde Edward Holter, Rashad Pe- uh, Penny, Michael okay. Carter, Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary, Kareem Hunt, Cam Akers, Melvin Gordon, Tony Pollard, James oh Robinson, Lord. Chase Edmonds, Ramondre Stevenson, Chris Carson, Cordero Patterson, Ronald Jones, Daryl Henderson Jr., Raheem Mozart, Sony Michelle. Alexander Madison, Jamal Williams, J.D. McIsaac, Trey Sermon, Darrell Williams, uh, Juba Hubbard, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, Naheem Himes, Miles Gaskins, Gus Edward, Boston Scott, Zach Moss, Justin Jackson. I Deontay, give you a value pick. Number 56, a- Deontay Foreman. That like the fact that CP was that far down on that list, and he'd be like one of the guys that I would consider taking so much higher than most people realize, especially because he's going to be one of the only guys on the Falcons this year. the The list is just. And where was Kareem Hunt? Did you say? Uh, yeah, Kareem Hunt. He was on that. Uh, okay. Yeah. There... See the the problem with Cordell Patterson. Six eighteen rushing yards last year. 548 and that was as a full-time yeah. player yeah you know what i mean that is a late round that's a late round player and he's a and he's a, to me he's a flex guy that you put in when you got guys on a bye week right yeah i i, I wasn't saying that i would take him that high i would just i he was further down the list than i thought he'd be well listen um, there was only 55 running backs ahead of, of uh only of foreman <laughs> Listen, when I decided to do that list, I didn't even know where he was. You were that just was, like, I'm going to go until I hit him. <laughs> that basically, and that's why I had to keep going. And that's why I was going. I was like, oh, my God, is he even on the list? Yeah. I, I mean, we talked about it. I would even take, like, 
uh, Joe Mixon. Hell, who did I should have the list up in front of me? I'm bad at lists. Sorry, but Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, Javante Williams, Alvin Kamara. You would take them ahead of Delvin Cook. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't. Would you take Javante, Christian? Well, would I'm you take a... Christian McCaffrey ahead of Dalvin Cook? Assuming that they're both probably going to get injured, I think the high on Christian McCaffrey would probably be better. So yeah, I would. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this though: when it comes to significant time, Christian oh, yeah, McCaffrey is way worse off. Yeah. So you're going to have him for like four or five weeks. You'd still have Dalvin Cook for thirteen to fourteen weeks. That's all right. Then I'll make some value trade with Francisco and still get a decent trade after a couple. Yeah, of you weeks. can't assume that that's just going to happen this year. <laughs> I mean, I added the when do you draft tight ends for you because I want to hear about how you're going to draft seven tight ends in the draft and can't figure out why you came in second last. Listen, my plan didn't work out last year because I didn't know I couldn't flex tight ends, and then they both got hurt. (laughs) And you traded one of the good ones away. Yeah, I traded the wrong one away. (laughs) Uh yeah, and again, we're going to get into the tight ends later on. We'll get into your mishaps with with tight ends in 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 fantasy draft because, like for me, there's like three four guys that that you take yeah. early, and you might take them all. Who knows? Like mm-hmm. you might just give up on running backs and receivers and quarterbacks and just play tight ends. Yeah, that that's what I would do. <clears throat> fuck fuck it. You know, I think one of the issues is is. You take a guy like no, we'll wait till we get to the tight ends. We'll wait till we get to the tight ends. Yeah. Anyways, um, I'm still taking Dalvin Cook in the first round. To be real with you, okay. I mean, it's not unfair. I I think I just value running backs and fantasy different than most people, and probably incorrectly. To be fair, it's not probably. No, probably. No, it's not probably. It is incorrect. No, <laughs> no, it's the most valuable position in fantasy is running back. No, I did no. You get a you get a stable. What do you mean the, no? No. What do you, you get, mean no? You carry you carry the Belichick philosophy into fantasy. You get eighteen C level guys that you trade throughout the season, and you just keep going. So you know how I'm a three time fantasy champion. Yes. All because of my running backs. Can you can you teach me? I have normally three running backs on my team at a, like normally three running backs starting. So that's now, your flex. What's that? That's your flex then. Yeah, I always flex a running back. Okay. Because think about it. Do you know who my flex was last year? Jonathan Taylor was my flex. Didn't work out that well for you. No. No, no, no. I, I'm telling you, dude. Quarter, like, I can't stress it. Let us know in the comments. I need to know. Well, Anybody I took plays, all of the Colts this year, so you can't have Jonathan Taylor again. Anybody so who plays fantasy, what's the most valuable position in fantasy? Kicker. Ask Connor. No, I'm going to tell you right now. Here's the here's the, so we have the 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 most valuable players right now, right? Mm-hmm. The first 10, 12. Oh, hold on. I'm in the wrong thing. Give me a yep. sec here. In the top 10 players in the league. For fantasy, mm-hmm. nine of the ten are, are running backs. Okay. And the top nine are running backs. The first receiver is Cooper Cup from a value perspective. Yeah, which, again, insane amount of catches and yards. So if you're in a PPR league especially, 
Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, what I'm saying is, is you know who else has an insane amount of catches and runs when he's healthy? Christian McCaffrey. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's another guy. But Kareem Hunt platoons. I don't, I'm not yeah, big on platoon guys. No. But you know I, what I'll take? What I'll take? I'll take 42 receptions and 1,200 rushing yards from Joe Mixon. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh. that's the thing. Like, that, you're, you're not going to get a receiver that's going to give you that kind of production. No, no. And, and that's, that's the thing. Again, if you're just going off catches and then yards, yeah, the running backs are more likely to get over a thousand yards and then have a, you know, X amount of catches. I should put out there, though, that Nick Chubb is the eighth ranked player, according to Fantasy Pros, which we're using today. Okay. And, and he, he had 20 catches last year, he had 1,200 yards. And then I want to uh, see Dalvin Cook. What did Dalvin Cook have? Dalvin Cook had 34 receptions, 1159 last season in 13 games. Year before, played 14 games. He had 44 catches, 1500 rushing yards. Year before that, 14 games, 53 receptions, 1100 rushing yards. If that dude plays 17 games, yeah, it's crazy. You're winning. You're winning. You're winning. And you value tight ends over running backs. I love tight ends. Oh my god! I don't value them over. There's a strategy there. It just didn't work out last year. Listen, you're gonna see you're gonna see tight end strategy 2.0 this year. Hopefully, I don't trade away the wrong tight end again. Is this like your three year plan? Um, no, it's gonna be much more success- successful. We're draft we're drafting three year plan 2.0. By the way, much it, it, it's gonna be amazing. Ray's just sitting in silence because he doesn't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to even say anymore. All right, let's move on. You requested yesterday that we talked about the NFL draft a little bit. A tiny bit, yeah. I'm going to tell people something. And it's the same thing I told Michael last night. The reason that we have not focused on the draft, I know we've talked a little bit about some Patriots draft stuff, and I know that a lot of that comes from the Patreon questions, but the mm-hmm. reason that it hasn't been a strong topic is because every publication, every podcast, everybody on Twitter is writing, talking, singing, smoke signaling about the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. I want it to be different. Yep. Number two, I think I proved without a shadow of a doubt last season that outside of Alabama football and Ohio State football, I know fuck all about college football. Fair enough. I'm going to admit something to the podcast right now that I admitted to Mike last night. I have been through the roof high on Andrew Booth Jr., I want the Patriots to take Andrew Booth Jr. in the first round. Every time someone's like, hey, who should the Patriots take first? I'm like, Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback. Clemson. Do you want to know why I want Andrew Booth Jr.? Because he's the only cornerback I did any research on. He was only one of four college players that I did any research on. The other ones... We're all second and third round players. So anytime someone's like, how should the Patriots use their first round pick? I'm like, bro, Andrew Booth Jr. What if he's not there? Trade out. <laughs> this is actually Bill Belichick's strategy, but by the way. 
I'm pretty sure he researches about two guys in each round every year. If they're not there, is get it, out isn't of the it the round. rumor that in 2020, as soon as Justin Jefferson was taken off the board, he just said, "Okay, trade out." Yep, it's not a rumor. There's a video of it. Oh, it's confirmed. Yeah, yeah, no, there's there's a video of him. Tweet that video out later, like the I'll link. See, I'll see if I can find it. I okay. actually think it's on Patriots.com. Because uh, I want to um, watch it. I want to watch yeah. it. So what he did? He said, "Okay, Jefferson's gone. Trade out." Yeah, as soon as the Vikings uh, jumped up in front of them, he they said, "Okay, Jefferson's gone. Make the trade." Oh, oh, so they already had it lined up. Yeah. Yep. Who who did they trade with? Uh the Chargers. That's right. Yep. All right. So, anyways, draft. Looking at some quarterback props. Now, this might actually be a value bet for you. Because you believe that Kenny Pickett is going to be the first quarterback selected in the NFL draft, correct? I do. Did I say Dra- that? You did. I did. DraftKings Sportsbook has Malik Willis as the first to go. And it's not even close. Willis is a minus 175. That means it's going to cost you 175 bucks, Or it's going to cost you, yeah, 175 bucks to win 100 Okay. Um, they got Kenny Pickett at plus one thirty, so like it's they've got Willis as the pretty much the lock to be taken the first round. So if you believe Kenny Pickett's going to be the first quarterback taken off the board, I mean, laying some money down on plus one thirty is actually a lot of value because it's yeah, it's not right now. They look like it's going to be Malik Willis, but you've done more research on these two guys. You know the more. I'm actually going to turn this over to you, Mister. I want to talk about the draft, um, because I didn't I did none today, just so you know. I picked the subject and then dropped it sure. off. Sure. Uh, are you taking Kenny Pickett at plus 130, or do you think Malik Willis could go first? No, I, I honestly think Kenny Pickett's going to go first, and it, it it's based on really one article I read and then did, did some digging behind it is Matt Rule recruited him while he was at, uh, I believe, Temple, and uh, I think he ended up going someplace else, but Matt Rule – um, has done a lot of research on him. I think he's a really underrated prospect, and the Carolina Panthers have the sixth pick, sixth pick in the draft. Now, they need a quarterback. I understand most people are like, oh, they could trade out of that and get Kenny Pickett, no problem. Listen, we saw... Sorry, my mic's a little close to my face now. Hold on, though. I got one... Before you, before sure. you go there, I got a question to ask you. Sure. I just watched an interview. I think it was this week with Sam Darnold. And he said that he's a great quarterback. So why is Carolina looking for a quarterback? They have Sam Darnold. He said it. Just ask him. He's a great quarterback. He'll tell you. And by the way, I meant to say Baylor, not Temple for uh, Matt Rule. Oh, Um, yeah. I caught that. Yeah. Well, somebody's going to catch that and flame me. You You know it. So I do have to correct myself. Listen, Sam Darnold's not the future there. I'm sorry. Even if, even if he's a, he say he told us he's a great quarterback. Sam, it came out of Sam Darnold's mouth. How can you not think he's a great quarterback? If Sam Darnold tells us that Sam Darnold's a great quarterback, how do we not believe that? Well, you know, we can use another Carolina quarterback as an example. Who thinks he? Well, should be Cam Newton. Out. Cam Newton's looking for a competitor. I yeah, mean, he's... he's looking for a team that has a chance to win a Super Bowl and where he has a chance to compete for the starting role. I mean, there's the, the teams are just. I think listen, I think he could he should he could compete with Patrick Mahomes. Listen, I mean Sam, I think he could beat out Josh Allen. Sam Darnold's gonna be competing on Ghostbusters next season. He's gonna be going after those ghosts. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. Sorry, Kenny Pickett. He's going first. Baylor, Matt Rule likes him. They could trade out, they could get him in the fifth round, but they're gonna take him with the sixth overall. Explain. 
Yeah, I just think, listen, you know, you you saw what mistakes I think were made last year. You saw teams like the Falcons and probably, let's be honest, the Broncos pass on quarterbacks for other skilled position players. And let's be honest, the quarterback is the key to your franchise. And what has Carolina been the last couple of years? They've been completely dysfunctional without a quarterback. Couldn't you make the argument, though, that, all right, if you don't get your quarterback you want in the draft, you can just go trade for him a la Denver? I mean, are quarterbacks like that available very often? Apparently they are. Matt I mean, Stafford was on the mood last year. Russell Wilson this year. Marcus Mariota. I mean, who thought he was going to I know. That, he was that's, be that's true. Cream of, the, cream of the crop right there. What if Mitchell Trubisky has success in Pittsburgh? I mean, good for him. I, but I what would... I'm saying is quarterback movement seems to be a thing. Oh, by the way, too. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray is looking for like $40 million a year. Yeah. Did you hear that today? That And that there's going to be a deadline. Show. Yeah. And there's going to be a deadline of the draft. You know what? You don't think Carolina would dump a first round pick and give him $40 million? I honestly don't know with Kyler Murray. I know you're a fan of him. I'm not. Um, but here's what I'm saying. If you're Carolina, let me put this on the table. You're Carolina. Yep. If... If Arizona gets pinched mm-hmm. where they need to move on from him. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get to the draft. The sixth overall pick could be enough to land Kyler Murray. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Do you use the sixth overall pick to take Kenny Pickett? Or do you take the sixth overall pick and trade for Kyler Murray? I mean, yeah, that's that's a that's a tough choice there. I guess it depends on your evaluation of the player, right? a la Trey Lance. Everybody kind of had him as a bottom of the first round kind of guy last year when we were talking about him. We thought he would fall to the Patriots no problem, and then all of a sudden, you know, last second, San Francisco's trading three first round draft picks for him. So, So, I mean, it's weird because we've seen a couple of different things from different teams, right? Right. You saw saw San Francisco sell the farm for a guy that they probably could have got they could have traded to the 10th or 11th pick and not given oh, up three yeah. first round picks to get their guy, but they trade all the way up the ladder. And I still think they made that trade to get Mac Jones, to be real with you. And then Absolutely, fell in love yeah. with Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. You could have sat at 15 like Belichick and got Mac Jones. And then you got a team like Denver that was like, nah, we'll pass. And yeah. we'll just trade picks next year and we'll bring in Russell Wilson. Yeah, Tom I just... Brady's going to be a free agent next year. By the way, ooh, that's true. Does he does he screw the Bucks and go to Carolina? He likes to do interdivisional things. I hear. I think he's gonna. Oh, we upset people last night. By the way, oh, I'm sure we did. But you know, I don't what? know I if don't... you read the comments, but yeah, we got we got just Roasted. you more than me because the what they were quoting was your quotes. Now you were madder than I was. I re-listened to it today, and you were, like, furious. And I was just, like... I was holding back, too. I was, like... I just sounded like... Like, you would go on this, like, big, long run, and I was, like, would Patriot fans still cheer for him? <laughs> and I'm, like, fuck him. <laughs> Outside burning the couch. All right, so are you going to you gonna put money on Kenny Pickett? If sure, I said right some, now... I'll put some money down on that. How much would you put down on Kenny Pickett? Plus 130. Plus 130? I put 200 bucks. Woo-wee! I knew you had more money than me. That's why I don't pay you. Damn right. Because I always say bet the money you can afford to lose. 
Yeah. I, I have some money stashed away for, for bets like that. He has gambling oh, money. Mike oh, has my. gambling money. You need gambling money. If you're going to be a like a professional sports better and fantasy player, you got to have gambling money. It's got to be put aside. It's got to be a part of your day oh, weekly uh, wait, budget. Wait, I'm sorry. We're not supposed to actually say that we're gambling money. We have to be like Shannon Sharp and uh, uh, Skip Bayless and say we're betting Mountain Dew. Why? I, I don't know why they do that. It's so weird. It's freaking weird. I was spawn. I had a I had a DraftKings sponsorship this year. Actually, you know what we could say. And actually, betting? I just put out a PSA and said only gamble the money that you 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 have to lose. You so, know what we could bet? We could bet coffee. That could be our bet. Coffee. Colombian beans. Yes. Roasted. Dark roast. Yes, sir. Dak dark roast. roast Wicked Dak. We're going to get tapped by the CIA because they're going to think we're talking in code and they're going to be like, oh, he's moving the coffee. He's moving the coffee. He's moving the coffee. <laughs> Why the fuck are they talking about football and coffee? What the hell? Oh, oh my God. Guys, head on over to patreon.com slash DPN sports. Five bucks a month. Oh, yeah. You can be like Alex who drops a question in the Patreon and gets it answered on the, or yeah, you could when Alex did it two days ago, but you could also be like Brian who dropped it today. Uh, Brian Lynch says, happy 70th birthday to the GOAT coach yeah happy birthday bill belichick it's his birthday it is what do you think bill does on his birthday i think he gets laid to be real with you hell yeah well you got really excited there well good for him he's 70 what do you think he does he probably puts on all all his rings and just pops stares Vi- at him. pops a viagra and goes yeah she's like do you like all that the time he's just looking at his hand like yeah me I'm awesome. They finish up. She's like, that was amazing. He's like, yeah, I got to play uh, harder, coach better. Yep. That's him. Lots to improve on. Yep. Good to, she's got, what's it like in bed with your wife, Bill? Uh, she's got good technique. Um, <laughs> needs to work a little bit on her handwork. Uh, the reason I'm not, laughing so hard is not because... Not fond on the feet. Just, yeah. uh, I can see him doing that totally. A little bit, a little bit rough. And uh, what do what do you what do you what position do you like? I'm I'm not big on titles. I'm not big on titles. <laughs> um, mis- missionary doggy style. I mean, it's all good. It's all fun. Halloween yeah. and candy. I mean, costumes and candy. It's the you know what's not to love about it. Do we get kinky? Yeah. Bill, what do you and your wife do in your spare time? Uh, you know, we go down to swingers clubs. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it's okay. Who who's there? Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to talk about what what I do in private with with people. That's going to be between. You know, then us. Um, you know, but it's you know, it's uh, Bill. We saw you know you at the leather store and you were picking up some assless chaps and another thing. Well, yeah, you know, you just you gotta wear assless chaps sometimes. It's, you know, it's how you do it. It's how you prepare. Uh, you, know? you gotta take care of your body. You gotta um, you gotta you gotta go all in. You know, you can't yeah. be selfish. And you gotta you, you gotta, uh, gotta bathe in some milk once in a while. All right. Um. So Brian's question. Is do you think BB has lost a few miles per hour on his fastball, or will he be able to open up a Super Bowl window one last time? So one of the big things that we were being called yesterday were Bill Belichick fanboys, and now we've been totally put on a platter to to be Bill Bel- Bill Belichick fanboys. Sure. Uh, I'm going to throw you under the bus today, and you answer this question first. Sure. Do I think Bill's lost his fastball? No. No, I think he's smarter than anybody who criticizes him. I really do. 
Do I think he's made miscalculations because it's not a sport that you can fully accurately predict? Absolutely. Is the draft an exact science? Absolutely not. Is player injury an exact science? Are players willing to go other places for money an exact science? No. And I'm sick of hearing this narrative. You need to give the I, I do. I believe it is an exact science because he proved it last year. If you pay the most money, they will come. Yes, but I think that's when you have the most money available. I think when you're trying to manage a salary cap that's a little bit tighter, it's a little different. Could you argue? Let me play devil's advocate here. Sure. <laughs> How's it feel? You can be the asshole tonight. Damn right. I've been waiting. Let's but go. You could argue that they're in a tight cap position because they overpaid for Nelson Aguilar. They overpaid for Jalen Mills. And that's why they're in a little bit of cap hell right now because they overpaid for guys. Jonu Smith. I would I I would say that you need to look at the length of the contract and the duration of the contract because I think in three years from now, if Jonu Smith does pop, we're all going to forget about this that down year at the beginning and we're going to be looking at the value years at the end of the contract when you're bringing in wide receivers that are potentially making $30 million a year or tight ends that are making you know, $25 million a year just to throw out the number if we're looking at, at purely money. I don't think I don't think Jalen Mills was an overpay. I don't think Matthew Judon was an overpay. In fact, I think a lot of them were value contracts if you look at them. I have heard you call Jonu Smith an overpay. No, I, and I'm not I'm not arguing that he's not an overpay. I'm saying that if he does pop and we look at those next two years or those next three years of his contract, yes, he looks like an overpay right now. But again, if he does mature with Mac Jones and the team, again, because you bring in a lot of guys in year one, they need to build chemistry. These next two years, again, we'll see. And I don't think it's a contract that they can't get out of necessarily either. Can I give a hot take? Sure. Like, this is a sizzling one. This could actually simultaneously piss off the entire fan base. I think I finally figured out how to do it. Oh, boy. What if I said to you, and I've been thinking about this a lot, and I haven't known how to present it sure. because it's just it's a crazy conspiracy theory. Mm. But since we're here, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Ooh, stereo. What if Bill Belichick is no longer the de facto general manager of the New England Patriots? Who do you think it is? What if there is none? What if... It's now a collaboration. And Robert Kraft oversees the collaboration. I mean, that very well could be. They don't want to admit in public that Bill is giving up some power because it does make him look like he's losing his fastball when in actuality they may just want him to focus more on actual football operations. And he just kind of gives his his regular input on draft picks. So I don't I think free agents as well. I don't think that you I don't think that you completely take the power away from Belichick. He's one of the greatest to ever do it, both as a general manager and as a coach. Okay. But is it done by committee now and the committee has to agree in order? Like, I think football operations from a 
team game plan, that type of thing. That's still all Belichick. That's not a mm-hmm. collaboration anymore. The fact that they have like two coaches uh, under him, maybe three, you know yep. what I mean? And one's in, and, and, sorry, the Patriots have like five coaches and one's a former player and two's are his, two are his actual sons and two are guys who wish their last name was Belichick. So that's like their coaching staff. Um, Cause I'm just looking like the chase Winovich trade for Mac Wilson and then the signing of Jabril peppers. Mm-hmm. Pepper, that's no always, peppers. Yeah, he, it's peppers. It peppers, peppers. Yes, Jabril Peppers. Yes, Jabril or, or Peppers is is a definite like Bill Belichick type of signing. You know, versatile and this and that. But yep, to me the defensive philosophy is changing. They're getting smaller. Mm-hmm. They're getting guys who can get to the quarterback. They're getting guys that can be a little bit more explosive. Getting away from Bill Belichick's big rough tumble. I'm going to argue that Bill Belichick hasn't adapted his defense in 20 years. Like you can, I you can sit there and be like, "That's Teddy Bruschi, that's Richard Seymour, that's Vince Wilfork, yeah, that's I, Willie McGinnis." You know what I mean? Like the philosophy has been exactly the same. Rodney, you know, that's Rodney Harrison because Rodney Harrison very versatile, right? Yeah, Play him in the box, playing it. That's Patrick Chung. That's this. That's that. I think that you could only do that. Suddenly, who's Mac Wilson? Nobody. That's brand right. new. Right. That's who's Jabril Peppers? Nobody. Maybe a little bit of lawyer lawyer Malloy, but I think a, I think a different version of lawyer and and of Rodney Harrison. Yeah, I mean, I would argue I think Bill's been shifting a little bit the last couple of years, but I, you're, you're touching on something that I think a lot of people kind of blow out of proportion and it's Bill Belichick always seemed to be ahead of the curve when it comes to things. So, you know, as everybody's getting smaller, faster, Bill was always on pace with that. I would argue that they probably tried to do some things in that direction. And because Joshua of Jane Chase Winovich and it didn't work and it just didn't work because is that just poor talent evaluation though because i will say now we've only had one really good draft since right however blew that draft i know they got damian harris but blew that draft oh yeah 2019 will go down as one of the worst i think what jake bailey and damian harris damian harris that was it right yeah and then and then 20 i'm gonna say that 2020 was a better draft you got Trade out of the first, you got Kyle Duggar, who's going to be a big part. Oh, of Oh, and Mike, defense. Mike on Winu. I'm sorry, we can't forget. Wasn't I? Time. Wasn't on Winu 2020? I thought he was in 2019. Let me look. You look it talking. up. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I thought it was 2020 because I thought he did better in 2020. I know we missed on the tight ends. Hmm. Tell me the 2020 draft. Look that up if you can for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it right now, and I'm almost there. So 2020, need... 2020 hey, draft. I'll go real quick. Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche. Uche, Anthony Jennings, who we really still haven't seen play, supposedly. And I have a lot good. of faith in Anthony Jennings. I do. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Sorry. Continue. Devin Asiasi, Dalton Keene, Justin Ross Wowser, the kicker that flamed yeah. out. Michael, Mike know. so you were right. I don't think Ross Wowser flamed out. I think that they didn't know about the racist tattoo. I'm going to yeah. be honest with you. I think as soon as that tattoo came to light, he was done. Justin Haran. Ah, which could actually be a better pick than most people realize. Um, Cass Malua, who was a linebacker, who I don't even, I think he's still on the team, maybe like a practice Practice squad. squad. And Dustin, well, they picked a lot of offensive linemen that year. And Dustin Woodward, who immediately retired upon entering training camp. Upon training (laughs) camp, yes. 
um, looked at Belichick and said, nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I think 2020 was a decent draft. I don't think he blew 2020. No. And so you need I, to start giving respect because you say that he hasn't hit a draft since, you know, 2011. Like, you give 2021. You got to give him 2020. He brought in enough players there. Oh, I, I still have faith in Josh Uche. We know what Kyle Duggar is going to do. We got to see. I'm not ready to give up on Anthony Jennings. We got mm-hmm. Mike on We knew. You know what I mean? We got Justin Haran, who, regardless, is going to be at least a rotation player in the offensive line that's going to be important this year. Yep. So 2020, and I think because that was the the Brady leave year, I think that's when collaboration started. I really do. And then 2021 was a bigger collaboration. And then you got Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevenson. We still got to see. Um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Cameron McGrone to come out yep. of that draft. So yep. Josh I, my Bledsoe whole, too. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Josh Bledsoe was yep. he? Dra- yes, he was drafted by by the page. Sorry, yeah. So, yep. anyways, bring it all the way back because we do need to move on here. My yep. hot take is: I do not believe that Belichick is the de facto general manager anymore. I believe it's a committee, and I do believe it's supervised over by Robert Kraft. I don't think he's making decisions, but I think he's in. He's listening when they present the plan and is ensuring that everybody is involved in it. And we go back to Mac Jones. Hey, Matt, you're okay with this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think after that 2019 draft to your point and really 2018, like if I'm not going to list them all right now, but 2018, yeah, you have, you had some contributors there and some of these guys are 2018 was awful. 2019 was awful. Right. When you see that and you see a guy that is maybe you know, ruling too much of the roost and you basically say, Bill, listen, I'm not trying to be an awful person here and I'm really not trying to take too much away from you, but you need to start, you know, listening to everybody here and stop trying to reach on guys and be a superhero with your draft picks. 100%. All right. Thank you very much for your comment. Patreon.com slash DPN sports, $5 a month. Um, Gave you a lot, a big, long answer there. We have three more subjects to get to in 20 minutes or less, about 17 minutes. So let's go quick on this one. PFF put this out today. I don't have it in front of me, but I remember it. There's only been one running back to have an 85-plus grade over the last two seasons, and that is the New England Patriots' Damian Harris, uh, who on another tweet by PFF, I think they had him ranked as like the 18th best running back in the NFL. Yep. Um, You were very, very offended by that um, take. And I don't think it was PFF by their analytics. I think it was one of their analysts that ranked him number 18. Is Damian Harris the most underrated running back in the National Football League? Yes. And and just in general, I think a lot of the Patriots players get underrated for reasons. Can you can you expand? Well, I think some of it's bias. I think some <laughs> of it's Belichick hate. You know, I didn't want to go too too much into it. And honestly, I think the running backs are underrated because they get platooned more than any other team in the league. Like Listen, I think Ramondre Stevenson could be the starting running back on any other team in this league. That's how how devastating he was of a runner in certain circumstances. Like, yeah, you know what? Here's the weird thing too, because we thought it was a platoon. Yep. Right. Damian Harris like killed everybody in snaps on the Patriots yes. last year. Like he was the workhorse, uh, dude. He's the um, so I'm on. I I, I finally paid the subscription for Fate Football Outsiders. I was like, we can't nice. go any longer without having it. Dude, he was fifth in DYAR. He was third in YAR, 10th in DVOA, 10th in VDA. It's crazy. No, it really is. Ran the ball 202 times last year 
for nine twenty nine. Yeah, and he was hurt for a couple of games too after he pulled his hamstring. And you know, did he only he ran nine? He didn't run nine hundred yards last year. I think he may have. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he was out a good portion of games with that hamstring pull. That's the only thing. I mean, when we talk about fantasy and we shit all over players who can't stay on the field, yeah, Damian he, Harris has been hurt since he got here. That's yeah. the only pro. That's the only concern I have with Damian Harris. Let me looking up his stats now. I should have some. Yep, nine hundred and twenty-nine yards. So he would have hit three. He would have hit. Oh, he would. Yeah, if he, he wouldn't have gotten injured. See, this says he played 15 games. I feel like he missed, or they sat him, one or two more than that. Just so you know, he had the third highest uh, rating on on PFF this year. Okay. Okay. Who do you think was ahead of him? Uh, Running-wise, let's see. Hmm. Jonathan Taylor, obviously. Yeah, but here's the thing. Damian Harris, 86.6. Jonathan Taylor, 87. Okay, so damn near identical. Negligible. Yeah. The big one was was a 90 run rank rating. Okay. For Jonathan Taylor, 84.7 for Damian Harris. Damian Harris, uh, better receiver, better uh, better blocker, and, and a better run blocker too because they did use yeah. him as a, a fullback at times, and he, is like a, he was a good run blocker. Anyways, A.J. Dillon of the Packers was ahead of him with okay. 86.9. Yeah, yeah, but, that's not not a name who's going to crop into my mind immediately, but he is he is a, a phenomenal runner as well. So here's the group he's in. Here's the top. Let me give you the top ten. I sure. love the top ten, by the way. Yep. Because Page Franchise. So Jonathan Taylor, AJ Dillon, Damian Harris, Tony Pollard. Sorry, Zeke. Cordero Patterson, number there five. There he is. There he is. Aaron Jones, number six. So two Green Bay Packers. Okay. Yeah, they have James a great, great one. James Connor, who I still don't understand why. Pittsburgh moved on from him. I know they got Najee Harris, but you could have platooned the two of them. I still don't get it. Yeah, Nick Chubb at number eight makes sense, right? The Ernest Johnson at number nine. Okay. The other Cleveland guy. Yep. Number 10. Ramondre Stevenson. Wow. Okay. 81.1. So they're both at that elite level, that high performing elite level in, in the, in the eighties, obviously uh, Harris much higher. No, I totally mm-hmm. agree. I, I don't think that I think because he does platoon, you're talking about a guy who almost ran a thousand yards in a th- in a four running back platoon. Um, yeah, who missed time because of injury, and he gets looked at like he's just who's Nothing. this guy? Yeah, and and let's be honest, Brandon Bolden was way more productive last year than we thought he was going to be. Way more productive. Yes. So they had three productive backs last year, and they would have had four productive backs had James White been there. So you know what? I'm going to tell you something right now, though. I'm a little worried about. Brandon Bowling being gone because yeah. he had a lot of special team snaps last yes. year. Like a lot. Anyways, Buffalo Bills minus yep. 175 to win the, the AFC East. Seems like the easiest bet in the world. Mm-hmm. What about the Miami Dolphins at plus 350? Mm. That's if you're gonna gamble, because I want to I want to point something out to you though, okay? And I actually had this all queued up. Yep. And then I had to go look up all oh, this stuff. Damian yeah. Harris. That's, yeah. Yep. And and I lost it. So give me a second here. Sure. And I'm gonna pull up. Tell me why you wouldn't or would put the bet on the Miami Dolphins. Actually, I, I you know I feel like I, I and I listened to the podcast last night. Like, listen, we spent a lot of time crapping on Miami. 
They still have a really good roster. I don't know how much juice I would lay on that, but I might lay something because that's Dude, I put pretty... 100 bucks on plus 350 because yeah. I think that they could, you know what I mean? If if Buffalo's a little bit off. Right. Cuz here's let me give you the big thing, okay? So this is football outsiders. That Total was just team... to win the East, right? This just to win the East. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely then. Okay. Definitely 100 bucks, no problem. Because this is what I want to give you. Defense, they were the 10th top defense in the NFL last year in, in, the, in uh, total defense with uh, 2.9%. Okay? okay. Ninth. Mm. Offensively, 24th. Ooh. They've now brought in Mike McDaniel and Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big deal. Because we've heard that Mike, McDan- Mike McDaniel, right? We heard yep, that Mike he McDaniel. wants to use Tyreek Hill like Debo Samuel. You have mm-hmm. Jalen Waddell. Which I'm going to say, if they use Tyree Kill like Debo Samuel, I do not think that there's a wide receiver on San Francisco that equals what Jalen Waddle can equal on Miami. So you've got two elite speedsters and one guy yeah. who is so unique with an offensive coach that, granted, we have to see if he is as smart as we people think he is, or was he a product of a great offensive mind in Kyle Shanahan, and we know that that needs to be proven. Yep. If Tua Tango Viola can step up a little bit, you know what I mean? That's going to be the big thing. Let me look up Tua here. Well, the other thing, too, we've heard, um, you know, there was a quote, I believe, or either earlier this week or last week about how Tua and Mike McDaniel are encouraging each other and, you know, really fostering a new atmosphere. So let's. First of all, you and I kind of believe that Tua is going to take a next step. I don't think it's fair of us as Patriots fans to say, like, well, Tua's ceiling is too low. Listen, like, when the Dolphins started rolling last year, the, the I'm sorry, Mac Jones and Tua had virtually, like, the same kind of stat line. So, Listen, um, you know that I'm a fan of Tua Tagovailoa. Yep. I think that the kid is totally underrated. Yep. I think he takes way too much hate. Um, I think that, yeah, people just like, so I'm looking at him here, uh, 2021, 2,600 passing yards, uh, not a lot missed time though, again, with injuries, so probably would have been in the higher three thousands, right. Um, 21st ranked in DVOA. So like, again, he's not a superstar, not yet, (laughs) not yet. Um, you know, ranked around the 20s, 2021, like he wasn't at the bottom of the league. He was sort of like, you know, the the tier two quarterback or tier three quarterback. However, right. with the weapons that he has, he only has to be a tier two. It's the same thing that we say about number 10, right. that all he has to do, get the ball to Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, and you're good. You know what I, I mean? Think, like, yeah. let them take care of it. I said it the other night too. Like, listen, when I saw when we saw Jalen Waddle or I saw Jalen Waddle go to the uh, the Dolphins, I was terrified. Jalen Waddle is amazingly fast and he's a great receiver. There was a play last year; I have it like burned in my brain. Jalen Waddle was at the first down marker. It seemed like before, like as the ball was snapped, and nobody could react. No one. He was just there. He was just gone. He was on the first down line, and that was it. You couldn't. There was nothing else to be said. Yeah, no, I totally, I, I totally, totally agree with you. And so, again, so when we go back to this, when we come back from a pure gambling standpoint, because we yep. talked about it from a football standpoint, at plus 350, knowing in my head that the Buffalo Bills are probably going to win that division. Yep. This, ladies and gentlemen, though, is why we call it gambling. 
Exactly. It's when you look at some because if it was called just make the pick, it would be boring <laughs> because you're going to bet $175 to win 100 that Buffalo's going to win a division that we all think they're probably going to win. Yep. I make that pick if we're playing for fake money. You know what I mean? Like if we're playing yeah. for pretend and we're playing Monopoly or we're playing for like merch like we did in our pool last year, <laughs> then yeah, I'm taking Buffalo. Who isn't? But if I'm putting money on the board. Right. I like that. I'll tell you what. I like the Dolphins plus 350 a lot yeah. more than I like the Patriots plus 400. Yeah, absolutely. What They're going to add more pieces. You know, they have a ton, ton of draft picks still regardless of the Tyree kill trade. Um, the only thing, and I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate on this end is I'm not going to expect as much from that defense now that Brian Flores is gone, but I will obviously expect more of the offense. So you're hoping that that kind of levels out. We'll see what happens. And um, hopefully they, and if you're for a dolphin fan, you're hoping that you bring in the coaching staff that's able to bring some stuff through. And I think McDaniel right. kept a bunch of Flores' guys, right? Uh, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. But I think I think you're totally spot on here. I think this bet is right on. And and if we look at track track wise, like this is really to his second, you know, full starting year. So yeah. he's gonna. T- I think he's gonna take another leap forward. Okay. And again, if Buffalo does kind of slide like they did last year, it's not you know out of the realm of possibility that the Dolphins get rolling and kind of surpass them. You know. No, I don't. I don't disagree with you at all. All right, last thing we got to get to before we call it a night and call it a week. We're packing it in in just a few minutes here. Quick show before we're off for four days, Mike. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, back Monday, off for three days for the uh, hour Easter. Some people's Passover. I think Ramadan has started. Correct. Happy Um, holidays. Yes, just whatever you are celebrating this weekend. We hope that you all celebrate well. Um, tight ends. Yes. And I wish I would have saved more time because I felt like this could have been a really good debate between you and I, but you mm-hmm. value tight ends in the draft a lot more than I value tight ends in the draft. Now, yes. here's the thing. If you're in a super flex league, like Michael is where you can flex a tight end, a wide receiver and a running back, maybe a tight end becomes a little bit more important where when you're in just a regular flex, like we have, we're just running back wide receiver. You're not really worried about, you know, you need your one good tight end. Where do you put the value? Like when do you start drafting a tight end? Like when you're looking at the table, when you're looking at like the running backs, the wide receivers, the Josh Allen's of the world, yep. when you throw in the quarterbacks, where do you throw in a tight end? Because I'll tell you right now, Travis Kelsey is the highest ranked tight end, and he's ranked at number 16. So I would probably start looking in the second round because, again, I want to get two of them. Um, I know you're laughing at me, but, again, there's there's some thought process around there about, you know, you take two valuable tight ends, and because that pool is so small, you kind of hope to – sell one for a small ransom later on um that's generally my thought process not to mention we've seen the teams where again like travis kelsey where the the tight end does act as the main receiver so it does allow you to kind of reach on receivers a little bit if you can get a team's number one tight end and maybe take some guys that you know it's like oh they might fly under the radar and have like a breakout year type of thing if that makes sense yeah it does um, I'm going to give you my opinion on this. You think I'm crazy. I know. 
I'm not touching a tight end in the first round. If nope. anybody is picking up a tight end in the first round, stop. Quit playing. You're betting with your heart. You're betting because you're like, Travis Kelsey's my favorite player, so I'm taking Travis Kelsey. That's like picking a Patriots running back to be in, on your fantasy team when you very well damn know that five <laughs> different running backs are going to run that football. There are two running backs I'm taking in the second round, and that's Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Tight ends. You said running Tight ends, sorry. Yep. If it comes to me and those tight ends are available – and I've picked up a really good running back in the first round. I'm taking Travis Kelsey or, or or Mark Andrews. Yep. I am taking George Kittle in the th- or or Kyle Pitts in the third in the si- in the third round. I think this is exactly what I did last year. By the way, I took Travis Kelsey in the second, and I think I took George Kittle in the third. I'm taking Darren Waller in the fourth, and after that. Goddard, Hawkinson, those are all my late round picks. I'm filling out the rest of my team before I'm picking them up. And again, you just so you just kind of proved my point of there are about four tight ends. So if you can steal two of them and again sell one of them later on, you know, it's a risky business though to right. do that. You traded with Ross. Don't I forget. I also fucked up the trade. You did. You fucked up the trade, but you traded with Ross, who fucked up himself because. Half his team had the same bye week. Like he screwed yeah. that up. He realized way too late that everybody had week nine buys and like his entire team was off and he had to start moving players around because I don't think he makes that trade with you if he doesn't need to adjust his bye week players because he would have had to cut players directly to add players on those weeks. I think somebody else would have traded for George Kittle had he not. I had other offers on the Francisco table. maybe, yeah. But, I mean, I don't, again. No, there were more. And, and people <laughs> over, and, and listen, listen, you got overpaid. You got overpaid for your tight end. Way overpaid. And I think I that. I don't even remember what I got. Our league, you got Najee Harris. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, you, yeah, you're probably right. Right on that one. Yeah, you got severely overpaid. And, and okay, so that league happened. That would never happen in my in my other league, like the league that I'm in, the keeper league I'm in. Mm-hmm. That dynasty, you would never get well, that kind keeper, of value. Key, keeper leagues are a fair bit different. To be fair. yes and no, but what I'm saying is, is we understand the values of wide receivers and running backs. That those are where the points come from. the The tight end is a complementary piece. That's going to help you. You know what I mean? Unless Kyle Pitts could change the game a little bit because that could eventually be like having another receiver on the field. Yes. Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews is like having another receiver. And I would George have said Kittle, that. Darren, and, and maybe Darren Waddle. I, I, I don't, Darren Waller. I don't see George Kittle as that kind of guy. I would have, I would have said the same thing seconds. about Darren Waller this year had they not gotten Devontae Adams. So I would have said Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller. The the equation changed a bit. Yeah, I think I think Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, they get enough receptions that they're like having another yeah. receiver. But yep. again, unless it's one of those three guys, maybe four, right? Yep. The value's not there. Guys, go to DeanBlundell.com. Uh, it's a Dean Blundell network, hundreds of podcasts, that kind of thing. Uh, go check out RayRoute.com. Uh, see everything that we're doing over on the website. Download the halftime app. Look up uh, my name, the stuff I'm doing there. I've been slow because we're working out an official partnership there. And um, 
coming and more stuff is coming download the newsbreak app look up ray route uh go to newsbreak.com look up ray route patreon.com slash dpn sports happy holidays to everybody we are gone no friday hangout no saturday sunday we'll be back on i think they call it easter monday and uh yep. producer mike and i will be back we got to get out of here no matter where you are in the world no matter what's going on happy holidays and never forget you're all legit kid Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.